Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to podcast number 44. These podcasts all come from a series of four books I have written entitled In Defense of Christianity. Volume 1, Freedom, is now available in ebook, paperback, and audible at ronaldmesser.com or on Amazon and Audible. Today's podcast is taken from Volume 1, Chapter 3, Mercy. This podcast is entitled The Legacy of Christ. Everything that Christ has done for us deals one way or another, not only with the salvation of our souls, but also with the advancement of our physical body. Christ created the bodies of Adam and Eve, and from that union came the entire human race. Everything on earth is modeled after heaven. Even man is modeled after God. And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. As heaven mirrors earth, earth mirrors heaven in infinite reflection. The Apostle Paul compares the three degrees of heaven with the sun, the moon, and the stars. Paul said, There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. 1 Corinthians 15.41 We witness the creative powers of God every day. The physical body is immensely important, even of eternal consequence, else Christ would not have died to bring about our resurrection. In fact, God is in the details of all of his creations, and they witness of him. Creation is an extension of God. He is what he creates. Satan is known as the spoiler. Christ is known as the creator. Satan represents disorder. Christ represents order. Satan represents lawlessness. Christ represents law. Science, which looks at creation through natural eyes, invents electron microscopes. Hubble telescopes, and other amazing devices to classify and divide the natural world. Science sees only the principle of causality. Therefore, they see a well-run machine. Science knows what law does, but science does not know what law is. Because science rejects intelligent design, law is merely a pattern that allows predictability. Even law is part of the accidental universe. Their creator is serendipity of circumstances, accident, or chance. Those, however, who look at creation through spiritual eyes see God himself. To Christians, earth is a giant Urim and Thummim that reveals all the mysteries of God through analogy. Science comprehends the living, but science does not comprehend life or death or the immortality of the soul. They comprehend law, but they do not comprehend the lawgiver. In understanding the world, both science and religion employ the principle of classification and division. The primary difference between science and religion, more specifically Christianity and science, is the choice of the principles of classification. Classification and division must have a primary principle or set of principles. The principles must be important, and the principles must ensure that the classes are mutually exclusive and jointly exhaustive. That fits the scientific method. Science divides the biological world into nine classes. Life, domain, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, and species. 
A fundamental principle is level of complexity, or level of specificity, life being the broadest term, which includes all species. For example, French Poodle belongs to the class of dog, dog belongs to the class of animal, and so on, moving either from general to specific, or from specific to general. Because the essential principles of classification are determined by logic, or argument, there is a certain amount of uncertainty to scientific classification and division. In fact, in the scientific world, man belongs to the class of animals, and the principle of classification is governed by evolution. In the Christian paradigm, man is not an animal, man is a child of God, of divine origin and noble birthright, superior to all other creations. In Genesis we are told, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every other living thing that moveth upon the earth. Genesis 1, 26-28 God created both the spirit and the body, and man became a living soul. At death, the body and spirit separate. But in the resurrection, the body and spirit are reunited into an everlasting soul, never to die again. Man is a co-inheritor with Christ and has godlike potential. We live in a fallen world, enticed by both Christ and Satan. Christ entices us to choose good. Satan entices us to choose evil, thus giving us agency. The legacy of Christ is that through his atonement, man who once lived with God can be sanctified or purified and return to the presence of God, where he will dwell with him forever. Science classifies man as animal, or, in an even more dehumanized way, man as machine. Christianity classifies man as having a divine nature with godlike traits. Because of the fall, death entered the world. Therefore, it was Christ's responsibility or mission to bring us back to life. In fact, man suffered not only a physical death, but also a spiritual death. In the physical death, the spirit was separated from the body. In the spiritual death, the spirit was separated from God. The purpose of Christ was to reunite our immortal spirits with God and to reunite our mortal physical body with our eternal spirit. In other words, the purpose of Christ was not only to create our physical body, but to also help us overcome spiritual death through his atonement, and to overcome physical death through his resurrection. He had to reunite the spirit and the body into an eternal union, never to be separated again. He fully understood his mission before he came to the earth, to save mankind. To become our Savior, he had to carry out the Father's will in everything, it is for that reason that he remained perfect, without sin, thus becoming the sacrificial lamb. Those who work toward becoming like God by keeping the commandments of God are perfected by Christ. That is what the mission of Christ is all about. That is why he suffered and died for us. That is why he was resurrected for us. That is why he came to earth and paid the price for our sins and satisfied the demands of the law for us.
He did for us that which we could not do for ourselves. Without Christ, there would be no plan of eternal progression, no hope for man, and no purpose of creation. In the Garden of Gethsemane, during his most intense suffering, Christ exclaimed, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Before coming to earth, we lived with God in heaven in the world of spirits. Jude calls it our first estate. He divides all spirits as those who kept their first estate and those who did not keep their first estate. I quote, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Jude 1.6 If there is a first estate, there must be a second estate. We left the world of spirits and came to earth, which is our second estate, to gain a physical body. The natural man poses an entirely different set of challenges. The enemy remains the same, but the temptations are more intense. Opposition is necessary for any growth to occur. The greater the opposition, the greater the growth. The stakes are very high, but the rewards are higher. Those who return to live with God will, as John said, be like him, for they shall see him as he is. That is not possible without experiencing earth life. It is clear from Jude that Lucifer and his angels did not keep their first estate. However, those who followed Michael in the war in heaven did keep their first estate. As a reward, they came to earth to gain a physical body and to be tested to see if they would keep the commandments of God while no longer living in the presence of God. The second estate, or earth life, though the shortest, is our greatest trial. The entire purpose of the creation of men and women is so that we can become more like God, and each estate deals with our advancement. In the first estate, it was entirely spiritual. In the second estate, it is both temporal and spiritual. The quest could not be achieved unless we embarked on a journey that submitted us to the risks of earth. We had to learn how to endure and overcome opposition. Only in opposition can there be agency. Only in agency can we become godlike. However, we cannot achieve perfection on earth. Christ alone was perfect. All the rest of us are seriously flawed. We are too weak to be perfect on our own. For that reason, works alone cannot save us. As we examine the essential attributes of each estate, we will discover that each estate allows us to become more like our Father in heaven. Every law advances that quest. Every virtue is an attribute of God. We were sent to earth to acquire the virtues of Christ under adversity. Perfection, however, can only be achieved by going through all the steps in each of the estates. Although each estate is necessary, only by returning into the kingdom of God and living in the presence of God in a resurrected state can we become perfect as our Father which is in heaven is perfect. Though both estates are necessary, neither is sufficient, and perfection can be achieved in no other way. We are created in the image of God, which is spiritual. That means that our primary responsibility is to keep the commandments of God so that we will fulfill the full measure of our creation. We are created after the likeness of God, which is temporal. However, we should not only look like God, but we should also act like God, and always by imitating His virtues. Faith, hope, and charity, often referred to as the three theological virtues, being the greatest.
We are Christians because perfection cannot come through our works. Perfection can only come through the grace of Christ. Therefore, we subjected ourselves to the law of mercy or commandments of Christ. Christ is our creator, and in the final judgment, he will be our judge and advocate. However, he gave us the power to judge for ourselves whether we will do good or do evil. Christ created the laws that lead us back to God, but we choose whether or not we will obey those laws. Today, we define ourselves by our obedience to law. Tomorrow, the laws will define us, because unless we obey the law, the law cannot justify us, cannot sanctify us, cannot preserve us, and cannot perfect us. All kingdoms of God are governed by a complete set of laws that act independently, otherwise there is no agency. That which, because of man's disobedience, cannot be sanctified by law, must be condemned by law. Therefore, they must inherit a lesser kingdom, which is more in harmony with the laws they obeyed in this life. God gave us the gift of eternal life, but whether or not we accept that gift is up to us, because above all God protects the agency of man. Understanding temporal laws may make us great scientists, but only understanding spiritual laws can make us great in the kingdom of God. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.